Welcome to the Kelewele Dialogues, the podcast, the official podcast of Seek International. And uh, this is the second episode of our session with Mr. Evans Edujemfi. Um, we're sitting at the rooftop of the Vida E Cafe Laboni, and it's a great atmosphere here as we share great thoughts. Evans, welcome. Thank you. So we ended on the on your life just before going to Prempeh College. Yes. And uh, I'm very much interested in how you managed to survive because yeah. your mother was not ready to support you. Yeah. How did you survive before and in Prempeh? So as I was saying before we went on the break, uh, the choice of Prempeh was something that was so dear to my heart because I had seen one gentleman who was then a student there and I just admired how he used to dress. You know, the dressing was more than enough to convince me that I needed to go to Prempeh too. Oh. Yes. And if you are familiar with the geography of the Seferi people, we tend to have more trade relations with Ashantis or Kumasi okay. more than Takradi, even though Takradi was then the original capital. Mm. So Anytime you came around, you could see Prempeh right by the gate. So that's how I got convinced. And I had made my choice and told my mom that, look, if I'm helping you with all this and you think I can go to Prempeh, then that's a lie. So <laughs> I went to my headmaster and told him that I will maintain Prempeh College. I will go to Prempeh College. You told your headmaster that? Yes. You know, when we make the choice, you choose three schools. First choice, second choice, and third choice. Yeah. First choice, I chose Brentford, and I told him I'm going to make the grades, so he shouldn't change the school. Because my mom had come around and told her that I should choose Bibiani Secondary School, wow. simply because Bibiani is a place she can easily visit. Okay. And there was another guy currently in London who had been to Bibiani, also was doing well. In fact, he had finished and came to our school to teach. So wow. they were like, ah, but you can equally go. You if I go, it doesn't matter which school. I said, no, no, no. I wanted a better, so that's how God Are you came. the only one in that school who chose Prempeh? Or I, there were other people? I, I don't know what others chose. But, but, from, but from, your own, um, from your own forecast, yeah. can you tell the percentage of I, people that would even choose Prempeh from such a school? No. And if you don't mind mentioning the name of that school, the private school? Yes. I mean, yes, I it's a very good school, I should okay. say. But now it's no more because the founder has become very old. And I heard myself, as I mentioned, it's even passed recently. Yeah, so Yefsai was the school, and my colleagues, some had chosen other schools, Kumase High, Kumase Academy, but the, maybe Opokwai Prempe was reserved for. I, I don't remember anybody else who chose, but I did, and I was so yeah. insistent. But as I was saying, it was that day when I, mom refused to give me money, and I was going to school. That's when I met my dad. Mm. Oh, yeah. how did you meet your dad? It's very emotional, but yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> I think we... <laughs> That's when I met my dad. I, 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 when I saw him, nobody told me this is the man. Whoa. Yeah, it's, 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 maybe we shouldn't put this out there. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll, no, we'll no, see. No, no, but if, that's what it is. We'll, we'll, and, we'll find out from and, the community if they want and, to hear. <laughs> and I didn't know the Lord then. Oh, I didn't know about the Holy Spirit, but now I know it was the Holy Spirit who ministered to me. When I saw him, initially I resisted. And previously, before that, President Kufour, Jay Kufour, had visited the place okay. and made all students in the municipality, 
now municipality, then it was a district, lined up, you know how they do it. Sure, to so, greet the president. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember very well, my dad held my hands to make way, just so he could pass. But because he was busy, he couldn't recognize me. But I felt it in my heart. This was an unusual man touching me. And I can still feel it, staring at him. I remember one of our teachers even came to knock me or hit me on the back because I was losing. You were hesitant. Whilst everybody was looking at the president coming, I was looking the other way. A man who had just passed and I was just focusing on it. But because there was this, when they say blood is thicker than what, I have experienced that. Yeah. So that was my first encounter, but I didn't get to meet him or say anything to him. Then this time around, when I saw him, I remember the spot very well. It just, it just dawned on me that this is the man. Mm. And I need, it was at the time I needed somebody to support me. Mm. You know, I passed, went about 10 meters past. Then the thing came back again. Your dad is the man you just spotted. You just felt it. I just, I just felt it, so I went back. I walked to him and I said, Daddy, good morning. Wow. The tears started rolling. And what was his response? He also felt it. And I'm saying we both shed tears. So he couldn't. He ran to me. I remember it was early morning, as I said, I was going to school around between 6 30, 7 a.m. that way. And uh, he. Was that when you were going to Prempe? That was how I ended up at Prempe. But for that intervention, I wouldn't have. Because oh. I made the grace all the same. But so I, eventually he I, ended up supporting. And not just that. Another reason why I wrote, we'll come to a toast of father. Mm. Today, everywhere I am, I mention the name of my dad and I get up. Mm. Because there is a history to why for that 14 years, he wasn't, In your I, I didn't know him. Why? there's a history to it. Now I, I, I can appreciate and understand why. But he, God made us reconnect just when I needed somebody to push me. Uh, as we said, he's paid my fees for double masters. Wow. What else should he do? Wow. He's, he's done everything a man should do. So I, I, I say that I have seen life without a father. Mm. And I've seen life with the Father's love. When you put the two together, for me, you cannot do it without one. Why do I have a feeling what you're explaining, you, you can't even get to the finality of explaining it for us to get it? <laughs> because it's like, it's deeper than words, you can say. That's right. It's deeper than words, That's right. And say. I actually had to take, I had to do a lot of thinking in writing this book mm. because as i said the other time for me it's partly a memoir and partly a manifesto to borrow the words of dr Alperby. okay partly a memoir because it speaks to what i have lived or gone through and it's also serving as a guide mm -hmm. on me becoming a father one day hopefully right. soon <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it's so so sensitive a subject to my heart that right. As you can tell, I'm a bit hesitant even in my choice of words because I am determined to honor the institution. Mm. Much as I want to share my story, I want to honor the institution yeah. of father. Because one legitimate question anyone would ask is, why would someone who is not yet a father, I mean biologically, write a book attempt on fatherhood? To. Attempt to. <laughs> so it means there must be more to the person. Yeah. And I think we're beginning to realize 
why and how qualified you are you know to write this book let's get into the book so we've already shared a bit on how you put up i mean the manuscript was already underway sure how you got the title of the book um roughly how long did it take you to finish the entire book it took six years of research four months of six years writing, yes <laughs> six years of research and this is not the entire manuscript what was published we had to take two chapters out so are we going to have a second volume or something uh, maybe later on when we revise it okay. and for those chapters i had to do some consultations okay as i'm saying i was determined to honor the institution and for that we had to one was on the name the identity given to you by your father and the name you know the significance of it okay. and my reviewers felt it's too strong the subject i want to touch on okay. and then there was another chapter when you say your reviewers who <laughs> who or what do you mean by your reviewers when the manuscript was ready mm. you know how i i connect with quite a number of people i shared with them and said this is the idea i want to talk about what do you make of it so would that be would we call that one of your strategies when it comes to writing a book yes. you think it's necessary to have um, people you can bounce your Ken is very important for any writer to have some form of um, criticism crit critique, or critique not criticism okay. critique is the word but have you been criticized in terms of using the word criticism have you been criticized by anyone for this work for this work not anyone who has read the book okay fully. directly okay for those who have not read yes but anyone who has taken the trouble to go through will realize, no, no, no. Okay. I've not had that yet. So we should go for critique over criticism. Yes. Critique positive. is positive. Great. It ends up making suggestions for improvement. Right. But criticism is to dampen the spirit. Okay. Yeah. So then, after you realize that, you know, you, your lecturer told you about your writing, you got the title and all that, what then became your main motivation, you know, or if I may put it in another way, mm -hmm. what is your main motivation for this book? I realized a lot of young people were in my shoes. Some were so much disappointed in the kind of fatherhood they had received. Others felt they had every right to just misbehave because their fathers did not take care of them. Others were also purely not appreciative of the good fathers they had. So all of these positive and negative reasons put together made me realize that this is a material that needs to go out for okay. others to benefit from. So your target audience is both male and female? My target audience is sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. And anyone born by the born by a woman by a woman impregnated by a man <laughs> i like that impregnated by a man great qualifies either either to be a son or a daughter great. you see i'm safer to use that because even when you are 70 you are still a, you son. Are still a son you are someone's son you still have a father so that great. puts so me so even in, in the introduction bracket. of the book right in the introduction, you, you, you quoted um, Andy Yosin. Yes, Reverend Andy Yosin. That our past experiences, yeah. no matter how bad, are it's never, never a total, total waste. waste. Yes. Yes. Why did you quote this? Because, I mean, 
yes, you, you said remember? a lot about your past, but I know you have a reason for yeah. for, for quoting Do you Adi remember also. this book titled "You Feel to What" by Doctor Tetanetti? I have I have heard of the book, okay. but I haven't read it. Okay, so it's in that book. In it's it's in that book. I picked this quote from. Okay. Rev, Reverend Andy Austin wrote a blurb. Okay. To that book. To that book. And he okay. was making reference to. Dr. Tetis. I like how you're able to just pick information from, you know, yes. it, it's so, make reference so it, and it's all. So it's in yeah. that, that part. And I felt it's really connected with what I was trying to communicate because a lot of us, maybe you can, you are so fortunate, so you, you, you wouldn't appreciate as much as others will. But the truth of the matter is a lot of young people have or had issues with their fathers, especially their fathers. So I felt... That quote connected with the message I was trying to communicate. That. So Look, it doesn't matter your past. Your past experiences. It's still you said You said that, I mean, the quote says they are not a total waste. Not a total waste. No, okay. no, no. So it depends this... on what you make of it. <laughs> of like it. the lemon lemonade scenario. Yeah, yeah. You said a lot of sons and daughters are bitter about the kind of fatherhood yeah. they have been exposed to. But then you go on to make an interesting statement that sons and daughters have a part to play you know, in making the child-father relationship a successful one. Yes. Um, when you say that sons and daughters have a part to play, I mean, this is someone who was born into this world yes. with no, I mean, with, 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 with no control. Yes. I mean, you know, as a child, everything of yours is determined by your is parents, determined by your parents yes. even your choices. Yes. So when you say sons and daughters have a part to play, yes. what do you mean by that? Prior to that, I had issued a disclaimer that the sons and daughters here, I'm not referring to kids. Okay. are referring to adults, people sure. who have grown, people now are in charge of their life, so to say, in terms of But even with that, it's still a gray area because, you know, for those who were born in a more stable home, yes. with, um, with a more conventional definition of a father who right. caters for their needs, right. they would see it as, oh, I don't have any role to play. So then, even um, considering the fact that uh -huh. you were not referring to kids, yes. what was that statement I mean, what were you trying to achieve with that statement? And so, if you can explain. So I was trying to I was trying to explain or make a point. And here, let me say this: I do not in any way try to pontificate on this subject. I do not try to say I know it all. Okay. What I try to say is this: I'm making a plea of something I have experienced, something I've experimented. Would you want to try it? That's 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 my position on this subject. Right. I do not try to say that I am a final authority. No, 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 no. But the point I'm making specifically on that one is this, that Ken, the way your father relates with you depends much, much, much on how you relate with him. You can disagree, but that is a fact. Well, I would rather say that Listen I'm to thinking this. more about it because I'm trying to grasp and it. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying that I am pleading that look at what I'm suggesting. But you see, for those who do not, who have had good relations with their fathers, they, they wouldn't appreciate it much. And exactly. let me cite an example. When I came into my daddy's life, or when we reconnected, I had to strategize. The reason why I'm saying the responsibility rests with that. I had to strategize on how to make this relationship work. Just like in any other relationship. And today, to the glory of God, look at what I was telling you earlier in yeah. the previous episode. Sure. For instance, 
I had to become a friend to the wife, my stepmom, consciously. <laughs> and would we say that, can we safely assume that these are things you learned whilst growing up? Because some of these things are street sense. Nobody tells you, Evans, be friend. You know, <laughs> you these know? are... So on Mother's Day, you know, my first, I remember my first year in primary college, when I was going home, it was a, one of those short breaks. I bought a bottle of champagne and presented it to my mom. Guess what? She kept that bottle of champagne wow. till the day their mom died. So that's an age-wise wisdom. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's something that you and barely see, because, find. Because I, I was so... I had a very good relationship with my stepmom. It was so easy for my dad to love me back. So, Evans, do you think that it's because perhaps you were raised by um, very old people, you think you, were, you got some of these nuggets from them? Is it through observation or were you taught? Did anyone tell you? I mean, growing up with, with your grandparents, right? you said you were raised yes. by your grandparents. Did they, were they teaching you some of these things on the side or you were just very observant? Naturally, I'm very observant. Okay. And I tend to also test ideas. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I do. Because I realize that sometimes it's not everything that you, you think you know that is correct. <laughs> okay. So from time to time, I test some of my ideas. And I think I have some daily practices that also help me generate a lot of thought. Can you share some of, can you share this? <laughs> I'm really interested in that because, you know, these are things that these people days, don't see. People, these days, one of the things I've added was actually taught by Mr. Latte. I, I do early morning walks. Great. Yeah. I, 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 was, I was actually going to come to that yeah. to ask you, you know, some of your daily... It's not just about the walk. It's mm -hmm. not just the blessing of walking or having the physical exercise. I mean, you know I'm not a, a very... I don't look like a it's strong athletic. man. Athletic, as you <laughs> rightly put it. But you see, there's a blessing of the dew. Mm. The early morning deal. Yeah, Evans, um, before you go on with uh -huh. that, which I'm very interested in, you know, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, you look at great people like Vusi Thembekwayo, you know, I've listened extensively to a lot of successful South African right. entrepreneurs. And most of them either have a, an early morning walk routine or jogging routine, you know. And now you're beginning to bring my mind to the fact that there is really something about this early morning uh, some of them actually even do prayer walks and all that, yes. you know. So then how do you go about yours? Okay. It was Mr. Latte who got me interested in, even at 93, he walks. Okay. And he, the kind of walking he does now is not as he used to do. But the secret for my interest in walking is the morning dew blessing. Okay. And then again, it was him who taught me. He said, wow. early morning, the, the dew that falls has a special, a special <laughs> blessing. And it actually adds longevity. To your life. Yes. To him, he attributes part of his longevity. Now he's 93, the wife is 95. They've wow. been married for 71 and years. And do they work together? They don't work together, but he does consistently. Mm. So I, I just had to invite that. But I realized that, Ken, Anytime I have a clustered mind or I'm not able to think through issues properly or something is bothering me, when I take a stroll for 15 minutes to 30, in, between 15 in to the 30 morning minutes, or? In, in the morning, if I'm able to do it in the these days I do evening with someone, I won't mention. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so when, I mean, anytime I'm able to do that, it helps me 
clears my mind. A lot and, of clutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you see people driving in and uh, they are looking at you as if you are aimless. And, yeah. But it makes me more efficient, well organized. So the day is well planned. Um, in the last few weeks, I've not been consistent, which okay. I, I really. Aside, aside early with. morning walks, what other routine do you think has helped you? There is one that I'm beginning to lose. I discovered that anytime my hands are in water, my my thought process is different. In fact, it's better or faster. Mm. So things like washing, doing the laundry, or going to the kitchen to help Do whoever is in the with the dishes. Yes, it just I don't know how I discovered it, but I discovered that anytime my hands are in water. So sometimes in a very typical corporate setting, when um having a decision or going through a tough time i just go to the washroom and just wash my hands not because I, my hands are dirty or <laughs> it just so that i will feel the, the the flow of water onto my hands or my palms do you have yeah. any connection with water growing up i can't maybe recall. you live by a riverside i can't recall that i don't know unless sure. once once in a while we go to the stream mm. side but but it's just know, an unconscious it, it just, thing that yeah. brings it just it yeah. sets you on fire yeah. with and I, I i should say this a lot of people do not pay attention. They don't listen to their bodies. Mm. So we do things and we never pause for a moment to ask, how is this benefiting me? Mm -hmm. How is this mm -hmm. helping me? It's something I do a lot. Do you, do you, do you journal as well? I journal, of course. Okay, because that's also another great form of doing a um, you know, personal reflection. Self-introspection, yes. And I think that it, yes. it, it, it goes hand in hand with the early morning walks. Yes. You know. Yes. Yeah, and thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sure this yeah. is going to go a long way to help someone. I hope you know because because as I said, these are things that successful people actually do. And can I'm not successful yet? <laughs> yes, but the thing about successful people is that they always see it before they become it. My keyword is yet. And so yes, and so I know I I can already see. Amen. You know I can already see your end from your. I mean because when you when you when you observe someone's mm. pathways, mm. you can predict. Right. I mean all things being equal by right. the grace of God, where right. they get to. Yes. Um, let's let's make this episode a bit longer. Okay. You know, let's go into the first chapter. Okay. You talk about Thanksgiving. Yes. And you make reference to, to the movie August Rush. Right. Um, and actually, no, there's I, a I, quote. I make, I make reference to the protagonist, but okay. I cannot recall. I did no, not. No, the, the title of the movie is August Rush. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, thank you. So when I read it, I knew you were talking about August okay. Rush. <laughs> okay. So you, okay. Uh, you know, and, and yeah. So there's a part. There's a there's a statement from the movie mm -hmm. that says that music is all around us. Yeah. But all we have to do is to listen. listen. And that, you know, that brings to mind what you were saying about the fact that people don't observe their bodies and all that, how they react to mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. You know, but um. In relation to Thanksgiving, yes. gratitude, yes. appreciation, yeah. how does it all play out when it comes to fatherhood? There's always, there's always something to be grateful for. Sure. And I make reference to Yeah, that. because I noticed in the book you are actually trying to actually define properly, yes. you know, what appreciation, appreciation is. You were doing the, yes. you know, all the comparisons yes. and all. So you were a bit specific. Yes. I know that. Um, our listeners would, would read the book and, you know, mm. get m more understanding. Mm. But, I mean, just, just in a few words, I mean, if you can just explain that whole concept of Thanksgiving. Appreciation is, I said kindness, is 
giving something. But appreciation is having a reason for giving something. Okay. Do you understand? I do. I'm kind to you. I give you 1,000 Ghana cities. That makes you kind. I'm, I'm kind. I give. I'm kind. I give. Mm -hmm. But I'm giving 1,000 to Kent because... You appreciate something. No, so the because bit. Okay. Now, the giving is being done with a reason. And a purpose. With a purpose. So now I'm not, I'm not just being kind because I have and I want to give, but I am appreciating you. Hmm. I'm placing value on there is this there is this I, I you I think that I, I get your point clearly now there's this comedian called skinny man right who was sharing you know his experience with buying gifts for old people mm -hmm. and he shares that most of our old people are very not emotional yes. when you buy something for them they they, tend not they, they, <laughs> they find it difficult expressing yes. it you know so it was like for instance, he bought wine for his granddaughter, and his granddad was like, You know that kind of thing. What is you know? Uh -huh. And so, do you think that that has an effect on how we as sons and daughters would give? Because sometimes you feel that, oh, this is too small, my fathers will not appreciate. Or you think that, I mean, based on the concept of appreciation, yes. it's easier to give and not care what they think, but just focus on why why you are giving can i use giving as an, an analogy for us to appreciate or understand appreciation as in the context i use it in the book okay but i find that it, it goes far more beyond giving okay to be honest at their if you look at it most of them i mean the fathers they do not need much from us but so giving there in this sense is what value do you give to the relationship? What contribution are you bringing on? It has far more to do with money or items or what we want to. It goes to. beyond. It goes beyond that. But what I'm trying to communicate is once you appreciate the thing, then you are placing much more value on it. On it. If you know that, like I said, my step that taught me a simple lesson on how to use a ruler. And mm -hmm. that has become part and parcel of my thinking even today, to yeah, the extent that very deep, I would need somebody statement. to guide me. So, in spite of everything that happened, for that simple lesson, I was more than willing to honor him on the day we launched the book. Great. Do you get my point? Great. So that is what I, that is the import of that chapter, that yeah. look, find a reason to appreciate him. And once you discover that reason, Whatever you have to do will become unsolicited. It will be, flow. It should flow naturally. Naturally. Evans, that was a good one. Um, in chapter two, you talk about fatherhood as an institution. Yeah. You know, um, you said that fathers are a guiding light. And you actually asked the question, whom do you call a father? That's right. You know, but I would like to zero in on, the, on one statement you made in that chapter. Okay. You said that an institution, well, actually, you didn't say, but I just inferred that. Yeah. I mean, if you say fatherhood is an institution, an institution can have the wrong people and the right people. Sure. So then, I would allow people to read the book, right. but let me just ask this question. Good. How do we deal? First of all, I would like you to share mm -hmm. why you're saying fatherhood is an institution mm -hmm. and how we can deal with the wrong ones. I say fatherhood is an institution and not an individual. Yes. If you leave the latter part out, the statement does not make sense. So all along, we have known 
fatherhood to be that of an individual. Mm. What I'm trying to bring to the attention of my readers is, please take note, it's not one individual we call fatherhood. It is a whole institution. Okay. You even related it to the presidency. The president and the presidency. That's right. why I'm happy for the question you're asking. But mm. let me address the first bit. Sure. The fatherhood institution is made up of the fathers you have put in that institution. So if you read that chapter carefully, it says, assuming you were the father of the nation, the president of the nation, and you have the constitutional powers to appoint members to serve on your council of state, who are the people you are going to appoint? Mm. So once again, it goes back to the earlier discussion. You have a part to play. You are the one to decide who becomes or is appointed part of that institution you are building based on the value and the appreciation you put on it. Mm. I get my point now. So it's not the issue of there are bad ones, there are... No, 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 no. It's you taking the responsibility that at this stage in my life, these are my father figures. Okay. If it is something on education, this is the man whose judgment I trust. Okay. If it is something on marriage, this is the man whose value and advice I am willing every day to work with because I have tried and tested it. Okay. All right. So in that sense, in that sense, it means that if you have someone who is not playing their role as a father, yeah. you can you can still accord them the respect, exactly. but then take your counsel from someone else. Because it's a can. Here you are, a PhD holder, for mm. example, mm -hmm. and your father was a cocoa farmer. That is not to say the cocoa farmer is not wise. Mm. But you need counsel, something that is purely academic. For instance, how to it, do research. How to do research. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense to say that because your father is a cocoa he's farmer than you and, he's, and he's older than you, he's the one you have to consult on this matter. Okay. Do you get my point? Sure. You know very well the relationship between your mom and dad was not the best. Mm. Your father has not been the best of a father. And you're saying that you want advice on how to build a successful relationship. And or you want marriage. to go to your, or, or marriage. That is not to say he has nothing to share. Mm. But you will find that there are, there are, there are ben better benchmarks right. that you can consult. And you can also learn from his And you mistakes. can learn from his mistakes. That is mm. a given. That is a given. But you see, you want to make life more comfortable and easier by going to those who have made it work. Sure. So, you see, when you have the, from their mistakes and from those who have made it work, it's easier to... But these are just examples. I'm just trying to draw attention to the fact yeah. that you can accord your father the, all the respect in the world, everything that you have to do as a son. You have to do that because, like the good book says, the blessing will come to you when you've honored him. Right? But it doesn't limit the institution, as I like to call it, to just him. Sure. So it's up to you to decide who are the people you yeah. can bring. I think what you're saying actually really applies in a certain in the African society. We believe that our uncles, uh, even in society, you have neighbors who who sometimes you yeah. call them daddy and yeah, all. Right about so that, that's yeah. yeah, that's really yeah. spot on. But then again, let me try to correct this. Mm -hmm. It's not really about relationship by blood. I'm mm. referring to. I'm referring to the fact that you must consciously develop father figures. You see, there are some people that, and I, I always use this to make a case. When you want to be my friend, mm -hmm. and I mean my friend, the first thing I'll find out is, whom can I report you to in case you, be, you, you start misbehaving? Mm -hmm. 
and not just whom can I refer to, to whom whose whose name would make you tremble. Mm. I'm very interested very in that important. because you see, if I I don't find such a person in your life, mm. then means anytime you can walk away. Sure. But sure. if I'm determined to keep the relationship, I'll sure. go to the extent of not reporting, by bringing your case before, <laughs> before somebody. Before someone that I, I, that's right. I feel so that is what I mean you. exactly. That is what I mean by us consciously building our fatherhood institution. Sure, sure. And here you appreciate the lad or the young fellow cannot do such a job. Right. It is you and I, sons and daughters. Some are even married. If you like your social board of directors, if you like, mm -hmm. it's what I refer to as the fatherhood institution. Sure. So don't limit yourself like to social board yes, directors. Don't <laughs> limit yourself to your father, biological father. Let's let's open the scope mm. and the understanding we are bringing to bear on this subject. Okay. All right. Um, you you talk about maturity in chapter three. Yeah. You know, um, you quoted Apostle Paul who says that when I was a child, <laughs> I spoke like a child. Um, well. You know, I can't do without a good book. <laughs> I know. So when it comes to um, the transit between being immature, yeah. an immature young boy to becoming a mature young man, what, what are some of the things that you think that people should take note of? Mm. Because you, you talk about maturity here. Yeah. You know, you actually said that how can young men prepare to be... I mean, I, it's a question I, I, I plan to ask you. Uh -huh. How can young men prepare to become better fathers? Right. You know, so maturity maturity in this sense has to do or very limited with age i believe that once you age certain experiences come to you naturally but we also take you from earlier in the book of job to mm. learn that it's not only the old that <laughs> are wise there's a spirit there's a spirit you know so sometimes you wouldn't want to say that because you are 40 you are wiser than the one who is 25, mm. for example. It doesn't work naturally that way. Sure. But it is expected or assumed that as you age, your maturity level should match up with your age. That's why somebody says, ah, how can such an old man behave like this? It happens. So the point I'm making on that chapter is, the, or in that chapter is this. We must consciously develop some systems that will help us grow. And even much more, help us grow to appreciate this fatherhood institution I'm proposing. Okay. Or I had proposed in chapter 2. So it means that basically you are, you are trying to connect one's ability to appreciate the whole institution of fatherhood yes. to maturity. Yes. Which, which actually is a very profound... Yes. So know, if you look at the title connection. of the chapter, it's more of a statement, yes. if not a comment, to sure. say that maturity to grow up not to grow old nice, nice. you see we do nice. nothing about our growing up day in day out everybody we, grows we up. are <laughs> we are growing no we day in day out, we are growing everybody older grows old. right we are sure. growing older by the day but to grow up you have to put in the effort but it has to be deliberate it has to be deliberate Great. um in in the fourth chapter lessons from my fathers there's just one statement that really caught my attention. Okay, let me hear that, that. The father connection is a secret of world champions. That's right. You know, and even when you started, when we started, I think in the first episode, mm -hmm. you were talking about how you were raised, you know, and all that. And when you look at other people's lifestyles, 
they are able to they are able to tell you you know growing up you know so can you just throw more light on this whole championship being connected to you know fatherhood and this all. book was published in 2016. okay at the time i was far away from becoming a champion of any sort <laughs> but that was a statement i made and there i analyzed the lives of nelson mandela okay and of course we agree he's a champion yeah. and our own the great professor of boxing azuma nelson sure who was or still is a champion world champion and when I was done reading their stories, in fact, I read both of them, their biographies, and I realized now there's a father connection. Azuma, for example, when he was turning from amateur to pro professional mm -hmm. boxing, I saw the picture in the book. His father was sitting next to his right hand. Wow. And in fact, he says in that book that one of the things they used to talk about was boxing. And this is just on the lighter side. He even said it, and some have been telling friends that, look, you better be a champion because Azuma believes, and he said in his book that, be a champion. No matter what champion you are, <laughs> no matter what you are a champion in, women will follow you. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And I can testify to that. Mm. Once you have mastery over something, over something it will attract some form of respect from it or especially the women <laughs> now that bit i understood it to mean that there is always a father figure towards the road behind the scenes, behind the scenes. even if i love boxing currently dogbe mm -hmm. see what the father mm -hmm. is doing in his mm -hmm. life his father manages him right yes exactly so far away from boxing and sport, you realize that there should be that father figure. Mm. It might not necessarily be your biological father, as in the case of Bogbe or Azuma. But there should be some form of sponsorship, fatherly sponsorship. Mm. That will make you get to that dream spot you always want to reach. Sure. So sure. that's what I mean by by that the fact that there's always the, there's always the, the father connection is a secret you know yeah. there's always a secret yeah. great um if i let's wrap up with a fifth chapter i mean i have a number of points there okay but let's zero in on on this quote the best time to write a tribute for your father is when he is alive you know uh seek international we've actually featured that post twice you know on a monday post i saw it and yes. thank you very yes. much yes uh, so that, that that statement, the best time to appreciate or to write a tribute for your father is when he is alive. What what caused you to make or to reference such a statement? Ken, you just brought memories, almost uh, tears to my eyes. Because I wrote that, I remember where I sat and made that particular statement. Mm -hmm. It was after... A friend's father's funeral, which okay. I write about yes, in the you, book. Yes, you spoke about, um, yeah. is it? The um, no, you spoke about a Charles. Charles okay. Mousy. So I wrote oh, that, about that, Charles people. is different. Charles, Charles is, is the one yes. who, who passed yes. away. So yeah. after, after, after Francis's dad story, then I write yes. about Charles. Exactly. Yeah. But that young man did something to my mind. Who? Um, Victor. Okay. Victor is the younger brother of my friend Francis. Okay. So he read his tribute to his dad. 
and he made that statement. He said, my father was a good man. He may not be the best father in the world, but the man I needed, he was. The father, the I, father needed, I needed, he, he was. was. I saw that statement. Yeah. Right. You see, I've memorized it. Yes, you it's, have. It's, 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 it's so significant. If all of us could process our thought like mm. that young man did. At the time, he, he, was just, he had just graduated from senior high. Mm. So he was in his teens, either 19, if I'm correct. Mm. And others, the elder brother and sister, the elder brothers, Francis and the other one, had read their tribute. So that statement, and the way he, he made the statement, so wow. And Ken, that is what it is. Your dad and mm. whoever is listening to me, your father, whether you know him or you do not know him, whether you lived with him, you didn't you did not live with him, he's the man you needed. He may not be the best dad in the world, but the father you needed, he is or he was. Mm. Because see, if we appreciate things that way, we'll make life a bit more easier for ourselves. Mm. He, the challenge is we keep comparing ourselves to others and seeing what has happened in the life of others. I mean, somebody will say, you don't know what you're talking about. Do you know what this man made me go through? But you see, you, you couldn't have shared your story the way you shared it today if he did not come across the way he did. Right. So he may not be the best. Granted, it's a given. Mm. But the man you needed to push you to become who you are today is the one you Sure. That, that that you know when in that final chapter i realized that you were a bit emotional because very emotional because aside the fact that your friend francis had lost his dad your very good friend charles mousy yes. also yes you know died just after yeah graduation after graduating yeah. from college and and the, the 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 story of charles was very motivating yeah because he dropped out of school yeah. to start a business. Yeah. The business was being well. Yeah. It's he, still and, and at the age of 33, Two. 32, he, yeah. he managed to, you know, complete school. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and how did he die? What happened? It was an accident in Takrade. So was he driving? No. Or? He was actually going to attend to one of his trucks. Okay. His company is a haulage firm. So okay. they mine all mm. oxide and um, sometimes you do manganese from all the mines in Takrad. So he had, he, had, he had done so well for oh, yeah, himself yeah, yeah. and then... To the glory of God, the company is still striving. Wow. The wife is managing. Oh, he got to marry and all that. Yeah, he married yeah. and got two children, as I wrote. So yeah, at the that's... time of his death, he had a girl mm -hmm. and a baby, a baby boy who was yet to be born. Wow. I mentioned that in the book. Uh, may his soul rest, rest in perfect, in perfect peace, you know? yes. So I think that... No, um, but let me make this point. I say that the best time to read a tribute to a father it's when he's alive and no one is dead because that particular subtitle mm -hmm. or part of the chapter of chapter five was supposed to have been the tribute I wrote for Charles. Oh. Yes. And they impressed upon me, oh. you have to read. And I said, no, because no matter how beautiful this write-up is, my friends will not get to hear it. It's better for so learn exactly learning from my friend Francis and the dad. I said, all the beautiful things this guy said about this man, whether it is true or not, that's not what I'm talking about. He will not get to hear them. Mm -hmm. So why do we do so? The best.
time to do it when the man is alive. Yeah. Even I remember <laughs> when, you know, I started reading your book. It was just a week to Father's Day. Yes. You know, I, I've actually been reading yeah. and, you know, I sent my dad a message, you know, of how I appreciate him and all, Aww. you know, and because I, I, we take a lot of things for granted. Yes. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'll say it later. You know, we actually it's feel a surprise party for like him, him, you know, after that. And he really appreciated it. So for me, I've been, I've been impacted by your book. Wow. I think that it's, it's really brought my mind to the whole concept of appreciating the institution. And hopefully, I also hope to become a better father. Amen. Now that I'm married. Yes. And uh, even are you, are you married or not? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this, this is a question I was going to ask earlier on. If we are to delay this recording or podcast for the next one month, I'll answer that. I've already answered the question. I think I said it earlier on that for someone who is not married, to write, but, but what are your plans? Are but that you... was what you said. That was not what I responded to. <laughs> okay. So hopefully... So hopefully... listeners, assuming that I am not married. <laughs> All things being equal. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a great... Um, it's been about 40-something yeah. minutes uh, of, of, of having this discussion. Right. Yes, 45 minutes exactly. And uh, um, we're going to put out the two episodes. Okay. Um, and I think that personally... Uh, it's, it's, it's been exciting, mm. it's been informative. Right. Your research paid off, you know, your research, because you made reference to a lot of statements and quotes from other people. Sure. Um, you managed to have string together your organization, which is Great Age Global, yeah. your life as, as, as an author, a content creator. And then recently, yes, you won this competition. Yeah. Tell us about it, You're the one, uh, the Toastmaster, Toastmasters. Okay. Um, competition because I remember you won one and then you've won another one so and that that congratulations thank on that. you That's thank a you great thank feat. you can you tell us a bit about that now primarily Toastmasters is an organization to help professionals develop communication and leadership skills as I mentioned earlier it was in 2011 I was a student at Central University I met Mr. Joe Latte and I just fell in love with the organization I went off for about five years and then came back last two years. And that's how the, 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 the winning ways mm. started. The particular contest I won is table topics. What table topics helps or teaches how to develop mastery over impromptu speaking. Okay. So for example, you walk into the boardroom and they ask you, right there on the spot, you are not part of the meeting. Uh, can you tell us more about you might not even know what is being asked, but how to conduct yourself and provide a befitting response. Mm. That's what the Table Topics is about. So last year, every year we have contests in Toastmasters. I happen to represent my club. I belong to the U.S. Embassy Toastmasters, Gladiators Toastmasters. And in fact, I was nominated at a club level. We went to the area level, which is a number of clubs coming together. Okay. I won. Oh. Then wow. we went to the division, which is all Toastmasters clubs. So we can say champion from the different areas coming together. Of the country, of right? The, yes, to represent Ghana. And then I won there. Wow. So I had to go to district, mm -hmm. which is more or less 
country-wide, if you like. Inter, inter, inter yes. Country. So Ghana, Nigeria, we have about. If I'm not but that, that that's a very great feat because even in Ghana we have some really awesome, you know. Yeah, yeah. People so here. There it's about how you are able to think mm. fast on your feet mm. to provide the needed or the right responses. So we went to Bamako last year, and by God's grace, I came back as a champion. Wow. So we were here. This year, I decided not to participate in the contest because I served as the program quality director of the division. Okay. And I didn't want to be the referee and the player at the same time okay. because as the PQD, it's my primary responsibility to organize the contest and any other yeah. event we have in the division. So I didn't want to seem to be dabbling in both. So I said, I'm out. So we didn't have it. I mean, I didn't participate in this year's contest. And I had a message from our district director that the region, which is all of Africa, Middle East and Pakistan, mm -hmm. they are putting together a contest for all the table topics champions. And because I am the reigning champion from last year's <laughs> contest, I am the one to represent this time, not Ghana, but the district, which is Western Central Africa, okay. at the regional level. Wow. So that's how we ended up. How did you feel? Country. I mean, did you feel intimidated? Did you feel, were you afraid? Or, or I mean, because for you to go on to win such a competition. No, Ken, there's, there's always something here, mm. you know, that no matter what the outcome is, you are still the winner. Mm. For me, that has been one of the approach or approaches to life that has made me who I am now. I didn't have it initially, but now, no matter what happens, I'm grateful. And it goes back to mm. what I was talking about in appreciation. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everything. You know, he said in all things, you should give thanks. And that has been part of my thinking. So, but of course I prepare. Preparation is the key. I did what I can and I remember very well the night before, I had to spend four hours preparing for the contest the next day. And yes, we started. You see, what made this one very unique is, first, it is the first time any region in Toastmasters has put together such a contest. Mm. And thanks for COVID, because because of COVID, we realized... Was the competition online? It was online. Okay. Either to the budget for it was so huge they couldn't have even thought of it. Okay. But because this time it was online, mm. it was easier to organize. So when the news came, I said, well, this year I said I'm not going to have any contest. But here we are. Once you're a champion, you are not just for yourself, we are for the entire community. So if your community needs you, I have to respond. So okay. news went around my phone. So the longer and short is you won. My friends went to Nigeria, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yes, so we went, the D-Day came, long and short. I won, but I wow. didn't just win. I won with pride. Wow. If you look at the video, I was so excited. Do you have a footage of that video? Oh, yeah, the full, the okay. four-hour session is that. Great. Sure. Is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube. It was okay. streaming live on YouTube. Okay. Because everybody, the judges were pulled from all over the world. Toastmasters around the globe. Okay. And I'm happy to say that we had two winners. So when nine, mm -hmm. the district, the, the region has nine districts. And all each district had a champion, so to say. 
and it was a knockout. So what it means is quarterfinals, mm -hmm. three were knocked out. They went to semifinals. Wow. Two were knocked out. They went to finals. Remaining four of us. And of the four, the audience had to choose their winner. Okay. And the judges had to choose their winner. So we had two winners, first runner up, second runner up. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to say that I was the winner by the judges. Wow. Which is wow. Because they understand the in out of yeah, those yeah, yeah. And yeah. that, that huge congratulations. Thank you. I think that that serves us. And it has know. opened bigger doors. Yes, definitely. As I speak, I have requests to speak in South Africa. Mm. I'm doing another session in September in Qatar. Okay. Yes. And there's another one in Kuwait. Wow. Yes. That, that's, 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 that's really awesome. And, uh, as I, I think that it serves as a great form of motivation, yes. not just to those who are listening, but those from your hometown. Ha, you know, ha, ha, I'm ha, sure ha. that a lot of them are motivated right now. Yes. I mean, yeah. by what you've managed to, to achieve by, by the grace God's of God. Grace, by God's yes. Grace. So, your final word in closing, you know, and then we're, we're done. In every situation, give thanks. Mm. If you can make this a principle to live by, you would begin to see blessings in what initially you thought were curses. Mm. In every situation, learn to give thanks. That Great. would be my final word. Great. Thank you so much, Ivan. So, guys, um, this has been close to an hour of engaging Ivan to do gym fee. And uh, if anyone wants to get a copy of the um, Toast to Fatherhood, you can contact us, Seek International, um, on 0548. Um, let me just give the number out there. So, Evans, I'll also give out your number. Sure. You know, for the Sikh International number, 0548 345213. 0548 345213. You get it. Uh, well, uh, normally for our members, we try to offer some discounts. What? Yes. Well, so Zero zero four zero. If you're an American, zero two four six four four eight hundred four. Are you are you on social media? Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Evans Edu Jeffy. Evans Edu Great. So it's been an awesome session and we look forward to you know meeting another time to talk about maybe more extensively about your life as a Toastmaster. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure by the time we meet next time, you would have you know achieved and accomplished more. Amen. So, yes. So thank you guys for listening and we'll come your way next time. Thank you too for having me. Thank you for listening. Great.